Welcome to Parenting Your Sensitive Child. Parenting a highly sensitive child can feel overwhelming, and all the parenting books in the world can only get you so far if your head and your heart are out of alignment with your child's. I'm your host, Julia McGarry. Let's create a new parenting paradigm. Hey parents, welcome to episode 10. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And, you know, in the last episode, we talked about what it means to be parenting in the gap or living in the gap between the way you were parented or the, the images of parenting you were exposed to as a child and the way you want to be parenting. We talked about some signs you can look for to help you recognize when you're living in the gap. And we even talked a bit about what you can do to start closing that gap, to start stepping into the vision that you hold for your family. Today, I want to focus on what I consider to be the top skills that you can cultivate to bring you closer to that vision, to help you start establishing an intentional legacy for your family that goes beyond what you're leaving behind in the material world, okay? I'm focusing on skills because skills translate through the different ages and stages your child will go for, go through, (laughs) right? I'm not feeding you strategies or tips and tricks because A, those are pretty easy to find Most parents don't lack strategies. They struggle with implementation, especially when it seems like the strategies they're following aren't working. And B, ultimately, the strategy that works for one family might not work for your family. And we see that all the time, right? That said, though, I want to be clear in my own stance against corporal punishment, and really any kind of punishment and reward system. If that's where you are in your parenting journey at this moment, you're still totally welcome here. And I hope that I'm opening a window of possibility for you when it comes to different ways of doing things. So let's get into it. I've got three skills I want to share with you, plus I may throw in a little bonus along the way. Number one skill that you can start cultivating now is curiosity. Wherever you are, you can start to cultivate curiosity about your child and their experience. So many of us grown-ups were raised in environments where we weren't allowed to question and we weren't allowed to say no. We were taught to see adults as authority figures and to obey. Even if that wasn't the case in your own household, I'm sure you had experiences as a child, maybe at school, maybe in activities where you were just expected to fall in line, right? So it's no surprise that even if we don't expect blind obedience, we do, our, we do expect our kids to listen 
and we expect our words to carry a certain weight. When we carry these expectations with us, it makes it so much harder to see our child's perspective. It makes it more difficult to find and address the root cause of their emotions or their behaviors. And we know that addressing the root cause is the most effective thing we can do, right? Far more effective than our own attempts to correct their behavior, especially in the long term. So if this is you, the skill to work on is cultivating curiosity. If your child blows up out of nowhere, practice asking yourself what might be behind it. What's really going on? And this is important. It doesn't have to be in the moment. If you react to their big reaction, bring yourself into curiosity as soon as you're able to. You can say to yourself, Wow, that felt really big. I wonder what was going on there. Try and form some theories and more importantly, ask questions. And if you did have a big reaction to their emotions, to their behavior, make sure you go to them, apologize, take responsibility for your actions and start asking them questions like, that seemed like it was bigger than you not liking what we were having for dinner. I wonder if there was something else going on. And actually, cultivating curiosity is really the perfect lead-in to every other skill that I had in mind to discuss with you. When you cultivate curiosity, when you ask yourself what you can learn from this situation, it leads you to all of these other skills naturally but I'm going to break them down for you anyway. So let's keep going. Skill number two is acknowledging your child's experience. Now, if you're a Janet Lansbury fan, you've probably been sportscasting for a long time, but even in families that practice the Rye approach, the skill tends to be underdeveloped. It's underdeveloped because we think we're already doing it and we try to rush through it. I'll give you an example. Say your six-year-old just shoved your three-year-old because the three-year-old tried to take the toy they were playing with. You say, hey, I can see you're frustrated because they tried to grab that from you, but you can't just shove them. Technically, you've acknowledged what happened, but you kind of rushed through it and I know this because of one little word, but. When you throw in the but, it invalidates their experience and puts all the emphasis on the lesson. Do you see it? So what would it look like to acknowledge in a way that also validates? It might look something like this. You just shoved them. That makes me think you were really frustrated. I saw them trying to take your toy. I'd feel frustrated by that too. Is there anything else I should know? You can position yourself in between them for safety if necessary, but you want to stick with them until the emotion passes. Then 
when they're in a calmer state, you can offer them words they could use in the future. So you want to help them process that emotion by really validating and staying with it and acknowledging their experience before you start trying to teach them anything. Now, depending on the context, it may take them a while to move through their emotions. This is where a couple other skills come in, and they are co-regulation and releasing the reins. So I said three skills earlier, but I might throw in a bonus. So we're at four now, right? I can't always count ahead. Anyway, sometimes our kids get so angry or overwhelmed or sad that they can't actually process much of what we say. Sometimes they need to get regulated first, and that's what we were just talking about with staying with them until they process through their emotion. And when they're dysregulated, even if they have powerful tools for emotional regulation, even if they have those tools at their disposal, they know them. When they're that dysregulated, they can't actually access them. They're too deep in their emotions. They're too deep in the emotional side of their brain to get to the logical side that can help them process through what they're feeling that can help them remember to take a deep breath. This is a moment when they really need us. They need us to do the work of regulating ourselves. You may have noticed that when you're dysregulated, when you're feeling really reactive or overwhelmed, you feed off each other, you and your child. It's like fuel to their fire. The same is true for when you're regulated and calm. They can attune themselves to your heartbeat, to your breath. Your calm actually helps them calm down. Your ability to calm yourself shows them what to do. You don't even have to say anything. This is gold because the more you do this, the better prepared they are to do it from themselves. They literally learn it from you. And that brings me right into the last skill that will really help you up-level your parenting and help you minimize conflict and create more calm in your home. And I just mentioned it a second ago. It's releasing the reins. The more you can keep your needs and desires to follow through and check, the more you check in with yourself about the importance of standing your ground, of teaching them a lesson, the smoother things will flow. Right, so this is really about catching ourselves when we start to think that we need to stand our ground or we need to teach them a lesson. And I find that this thought I can always circle back really helps if you feel like you're about to explode I can always circle back to this if you're trying to tell them something and they are tuning you out I can always circle back if you're trying if you're wanting to introduce a new activity and they're resisting we can always circle back to this each one of these situations 
is not a lost opportunity. You never only have one chance to get your point across. You can always circle back. It's so useful. And it's also not the only thing that comes to mind when I think of releasing the reins. So releasing the reins on our own agenda is one piece of it. But the other side of it is learning to recognize safe ways for your child to experience power and freedom and literally handing the reins over to them. So it, that's still kind of releasing our agenda to a certain extent. It's letting them have control over their own experience as much as possible. Letting them experience directing their life and their activities as much as possible. So think about that for a minute. Where can you give them actual control? This is important to hear, especially if you find yourself caught up in frequent power struggles. There are so many aspects of a child's life that are truly out of their control. And yet we as adults are conditioned to not give in to their demands. And on some level, we believe that if we do, they'll just get more demanding. But if you can find a balance, you can hold strong on your personal boundaries and situations that are truly hazardous and let your child have agency over the things that don't really matter. There's no point in arguing with them if they want the blue plate instead of the green one. Release the reins. Let them have that control over their world and let them take risks and test out their physical limits. Let them go barefoot on the playground or climb up the slide. Let them decide if they're warm enough or if they truly need a jacket. If the worst case scenario is that they will be uncomfortable or they might get a bruise or a scrape, release the reins. And yes, I realize that there's more risk involved with climbing up the slide or climbing trees or um, some risky behaviors that kids like to engage in. But there's risk involved with driving a car too. It's not hazardous. It's not guaranteed that they will fall. They're not walking a tightrope with no training over a pool of sharks, right? This is their training. This is how they learn not to injure themselves. Through taking risks. Through pushing their own limits. And it will look different for every child. A lot of highly sensitive kids are very cautious. Risky behavior for them might be walking in the door to school. So then it becomes about honoring their nose whenever you can, releasing the reins and giving them agency over what they don't want to do when you're able to, because there are plenty of situations where they want to say no, but they can't. Like school, like riding in a car seat, like visiting their grandparents. But there are plenty of situations where they try to say no and they get shut down because of our own agendas. So just to recap, when you focus on cultivating these skills rather than finding the right strategy, you'll start to see big changes in your family dynamic and even in the confidence of your child. 
cultivate curiosity, acknowledge and validate their experience, practice co-regulation, regulating yourself so they can learn to regulate from you, and learn to release the reins. These are the skills I work with my clients on, not because they can't build these skills on their own, but because working together accelerates the process because I can see their blind spots and the way they're unintentionally blocking themselves from having the relationship they want with their child. I can help you too. The first step to get started is to schedule your free consultation. And you can just go to my website, partneredpath.com and click on coaching. It'll take you straight to my scheduler. You can pick a time and we'll get started. Listen, if you're enjoying this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you'd take a few minutes to leave a review. It'll help other parents find the podcast, and more importantly, it'll help more grown-ups see their kids' sensitivity as the strength it truly is.